Uh, my name is Anthony Morrow. I'm the CEO of uh, American Eagle Gold. American Eagle Gold has its flagship asset. We're now the Golden Gate property. We're located on the southern part of the Cortez Trend, and we're adjacent to and attached to Nevada Gold Mines uh, property. Uh, we're just five kilometers south of Gold Rush and 10 kilometers south of Cortez Hills. I spoke in May, and one of the reasons why I wanted to come back, I was talking a bit about the geology. I think the best person to speak to about that is the expert, not only in geology and gold in general, but specifically geology in this region. Uh, one of the reasons why I joined the company is because I knew Mark Bradley would as well. He's the VP of Exploration for American Eagle Gold. We are very lucky to have him uh, as part of our company. Thanks for having him on that. Fantastic. Tony, lovely to see you again. Mark, lovely to meet you. Uh, welcome Thank back. You. Welcome back. Hey, well, look, this is more a catch-up session because we, we went through a kind of useful session last time out, Tony. We'll put a link to that. People can go there and get into business plan strategies, team and all of that. Um, I wanted to talk to you because you, there's been an acquisition since we spoke. There has been an acquisition. We just uh, we just purchased a property. It's called Garden Gate. Uh, it was a property that I've been looking at since I started at American Eagle Gold. Uh, it's a smarter, creative uh, acquisition, Matt, and it allows us to uh, more than triple our land package. So not only are we now on trend with Cortez Trend, one of Barrick's properties, we're now on trend with, with Gold Rush. And the reason why we call it Golden Gate, it combines both the properties, Garden Gate and Golden Trend. It's also an homage to a lot of people from Alco being from the Bay Area. And finally, now we are a bridge across the Cortez Trend, one of the richest jurisdictions in the world be looking for gold and mining it. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, crikey, it's, it, it, you kind of literally just straddled both trends there. It was interesting. How much was that? That cost us That cost $50,000 to purchase. Uh, people always say that they kind of roll their eyes. They see how small the acquisition is. The value and the business model for, for us is different than the owners of the properties. In Nevada, what they want is they want a company that has smart technical team. Uh, we have Mark Bradley. We have a great uh, team also from the ore group and a promise that we'll be able to put the money in the ground and actually make a discovery. The guys that own this property believe that there is an ore uh, deposit there. They'd rather get less money up front than actually have money put in the ground because their business models, they want to retain an NSR at the end. Uh, that's really the, the end result and that's the lottery ticket. Okay, so the, you, you earn 100% of it, but they've got an NSR of what on it? So we, we, we have an option. We have at least the option, option to lease the property. Uh, so what we have is we have the option to buy it later on so we do something called advanced royalty payments. So our, fish, uh, our first one was $50,000 up front. Then we make a $15,000 payment every six months. And we keep on doing that as long as we have the property. Promise put a certain amount of money in the ground. And the end, we have an option when we make that discovery to purchase the land 100% upright. Uh, and the last part of the deal, you give 2 million shares, $2 million of cash, and the owner retains a portion of a royalty. And they can do whatever they want with that. They can retain it themselves sell another company, we can buy it back. Are you looking to tie up other land parcels in the same area on, on the same basis? Yeah, the we we our, our acquisition that we made when we originally put together the company for Golden Trend is almost a carbon copy of the exact same one we made with with Garden Gate. A lot of the deals are are very similar. It's, it's small upfront payments with an option to, to buy it when you make that discovery. Uh, but it allows us to use our cash to putting it into the ground to making that discovery. And it actually aligns everyone's goals uh, in the end. We make a discovery, everyone makes money. Our shareholders, American Eagle Gold, uh, Kip Tonkin, David Shatter, the two individuals that uh, own that property and has leased it out to us. Okay, Brett, well, look, we better go on to Guy, who um, is gonna either enable that or, or not. Mr. Mark Bradley, uh, ex Barrick, and the, the one of the guys who discovered Gold Rush. How are you? Oh, fine, thank you. <laughs> 
So how long have you been working in the uh, district? Uh, basically on and off for uh, close to 30 years now. Actually, I started at Cortez when they made the original discovery at the pipeline deposit. And I was on the project team that uh, drilled that out. Uh, then I was responsible for regional exploration for several years in what they called the Cortez Joint Venture Area of Interest. At that time, it was a JV between Placer Dome and Kennecott. So I worked that for several years, uh, was working on other stuff for a few years after that, but then came back in 2005 uh, with Placer Dome. And then when Placer Dome was acquired by Barrick, I became a Barrick guy. And so I worked uh, at Cortez for about 10 years after that. Uh, I was project geologist, senior geologist. Then I took over the Gold Rush project in 2007. Uh, we basically made discovery there in 2009, and then we're drilling on that till 2015. So I have quite a, a lot of background in, in the Gold Rush deposit and in Cortez deposits in general. Right, and, and obviously you've joined the team here. Um, why? Well, um, one, I wasn't ready to retire yet <laughs> and uh, was interested in a new challenge. And two, uh, the property intrigued me because uh, both properties intrigued me because they're basically the last areas within the Cortez lower plate window, the main host uh, re area for giant Carlin deposits. They were the last properties that really hadn't been uh, explored to a great degree. You know, there are a few deep pools in there, but most of it, the area hasn't been touched and it's there's almost no place else you can say that in the Cortez window. So it's, def it's definitely an interesting exploration challenge and an opportunity to find something brand new. Okay, so, so what, what exactly is, but again, for people who perhaps don't know as, as much about this, what is a Carlin-type uh, deposit? What, what, what does that look like? Yeah, it's basically a large disseminated gold deposit, uh, almost always hosted in carbonate rocks, limestones, limey mudstones. And uh, one of the, the unique features of Carlin deposits, they're remarkably continuous laterally, and they can develop very high grades uh, in over large areas. And this, they're, they're very unique in that respect. They're not, it's not like a vein deposit where it's restricted to one structure that you have to track along and uh, for some distance, these they're wide areas that are mineralized. And, as a result, of course, they're, they're very profitable, uh, either as an open pit or underground operations. Okay, so let's, let's go back to Gold Rush. I want to understand, because you're saying the similarities there from Pipeline, Gold Rush, et cetera. So what, what was that? I mean, the scale of, of it was obviously vast, but um, yeah. how did you go about making that discovery? And what were the things you learned from that that you think you're going to be able to implement here? Yeah. Well, uh, some of the things we've really, in the last 15 years, there's been a real revolution in the understanding of stratigraphy in the Cortez area. We've learned a lot more about the details of stratigraphy in the lower plate carbonates or the carbonate rocks in the favorable host of the deposits. And uh, this was a, a critical aspect of how we went after Gold Rush because we were able to identify a particular horizon within the carbonate rocks as being very favorable. The mineralization is in there uh, continuously uh, and localized within this one sequence. And that was uh, gave us an opportunity to expand the deposit very quickly with uh, out step out drilling. And uh, in, the, in the case of Golden Trend and even Garden Gate Pass property, uh, these new newer stratigraphic understandings had not been applied to the properties. They hadn't been 
worked with by people who really understood this new geology, uh, this new geological setting. So this provides us with a major opportunity to go after these deposits with a new point of view, uh, understanding much more about st the stratigraphy that we did before. So, so it gives a sense of if you've got something similar, you, 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 there's a process that you went through from 2017 to 2009 in terms of that, the, the, to get to that discovery stage. So are you saying that there are mistakes made back then which we're going to be able to shortcut, you know, the way, in terms of the way that we do it, or are we expecting you to be, you know, take another couple of years to make a discovery if you can't make one at all? Yes. Well, uh, in these deposits, it's unlikely you're going to have a miracle hole in the very first round, you know, they're, they're challenging deposits because they are, particularly now we're drilling much deeper than we used to. And that's another factor is that in older exploration programs, the idea was go in and try and find something near surface, hopefully open pitable. Uh, if you didn't hit it in a thousand or 1500 feet, forget it, walk off, find the next one. And that was pretty much the mentality of the previous operators. Well, with gold rush, uh, if you, just blown it off after the first round of 300, 400 meter holes, you never would have found a deposit or you would have found just a very small part of it. Most of the deposits around 400 to 500 meters deep. And now where they're drilling up north at the four mile deposit, which of course has been getting a lot of press from Barrick, uh, that deposit can be a thousand meters deep or more. So we're looking much deeper than we, than we used to because we realized, hey, even if it's deep, the grades you get in these Carlin type systems are sufficiently high enough that sure, you can go after it, you know, maybe a thousand meters deep, but if you're running 10 to 30 grams, you can do it. <laughs> it's economically feasible. So this is a whole new approach idea from what was done 10, 15 years ago. Uh, we're much more bold, we're much bolder about being willing to risk the deep holes. Uh, of course, because of dealing with that kind of risk, we try and, maximize our odds as much as possible. One, as I say, we understand the stratigraphy better, so we know, have a much better idea where we are in the section, and we know how to target as a result. Uh, two, we're focused on trying to identify structure because structure is critical in forming both the conduits and the traps for mineralization. So in this case, we're focusing on low angle features, thrust faults, and full associated folds, because the folds are ideal traps for mineralization particularly in this district. So basically this means using a lot of indirect technologies. Geophysics, of course, is a big tool in trying to understand what's going on subsurface before we drill the first hole. So you think you're gonna be, because you've, you've got a better understanding because of what's gone on in the past, you are more likely to be more successful with the holes that you do drill. And especially, this is important because if you're gonna drill deeper, cost more, so you, you need to be really sure of what you're doing. So what was the work that yes. you're going to do leading up into that in terms of identifying those target holes? Yes. Uh, well, uh, we've got a couple of geophysical techniques that we're using right now. Uh, uh, we've run controlled source audio magneto telluric survey over the property, which is the $5 word for we're looking at con conductivity of the rocks because uh, we found that upper plate or the siliciclastic rocks, upper plate rocks, which are the cover or volcanic rocks, uh, gravels, they tend to be very conductive. Whereas the carbonate rocks, which are our main target, they're much more resistive. So you can look at the difference in conductivity subsurface and get an idea, hey, if there are big resistive bodies down there, that may represent where you have carbonate rocks relatively close to the surface. And that would be a likely place to go after. 
Okay. Uh, the other ge geophysical technique we are using, which we borrow from the oil and gas industry, actually, is 2D seismic, where basically you're just running a thumper truck or even explosives. You're sending shock waves through the ground, and you're looking at reflectance patterns because a bed, different beds, different structures will give you reflectance, and that could define where you may have a fold structure uh, or thrust structure coming in uh, that you can low kind of fix in and decide, hey, and particularly in combination with the resistive rocks, the CSMT survey, you can say, hey, there's folding here. It looks like we have resistive rocks here. This could be a good place to try for a first round of drilling to see if we can get into the carbonate rocks and the right structure. Right. So right now that you, the, that's, the, that's the program. I mean, have you got the money that you need to be able to do what you, you, you want to do? Uh, I'll, 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 I'll take that we're fully budgeted to be uh, completely uh, free to finish our entire uh, program, it includes the field work, and it also includes uh, the drilling linear stuff into the end of 2021. Uh, you know, we always plan a budget that lasts us at least one year uh, of working capital, and then we make a plan accordingly. Uh, but as of right now, we can fully uh, commit and finishing up our, our drill program this year, which will be three to four holes uh, of total between 12 and 14,000 feet. Just to you know, kind of give, kind of add to what what Mark said is, previous owners that had this property, they were looking for oxides close to surface. So what they're doing is essentially a shallow holes. I've given this terminology before. It's like having a boat and just putting a, you, know, you, you put a net in the water, hoping you hit some fish. But you know, little do you know, there's giant marlins underneath. You got to put a line into the water. Uh, what we're doing with our our lower rock drill programs, we're putting lines in the water. We want to check. We want to catch big marlins. Uh, you asked me this before, uh, Matt. You said it's, it's relatively un underexplored. What, what's the value proposition to investors? Well, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, the great thing about Carlin-type deposits in this area, there's no area in the world where there are such large, world-class clusters of gold deposits. And you can do one of two things uh, as a junior mining company. You can have a pretty small resource, 600,000 ounces, and you can just wait for gold to go up. It's probably been drilled. Someone probably got rid of it. Uh, there's not a whole lot of upside. You're seeing an option for the price of gold, or you can do what we do. We have a world-class individual like uh, Mark Bradley looking for the gold, knows how to find the gold, and we're also right next to three world-class uh, discoveries. If we hit that drill mineralization hole, I, I believe our, our stock will be in very, very uh, good shape. And We want to make a world-class discovery. We want to be in charge of our future here, and that's putting the proper front-end work in there right now. And Know, improving our, our chances to hit a hit mineralization. So, but if I look at you know the, over time, you've you've had um, I think pipeline first, then Cortez Hills, then Gold Rush, and then you're just sitting slightly to the sort of southeast of, of those guys. Is that right? We're, we're directly, we're actually directly south. We were a little bit, we were a little bit west uh, originally with Golden Trend, and with the Garden Gate acquisition, we actually completely south of both uh, Cortez right. Hills and of Gold Rush. Uh, and the beauty of this is gold's, gold's really only been up past the $1,000 level for the last 10 years. So a lot of these underground deposits, it did make sense to drill there. It's such a risk, it's such a, sorry, it's such a rich area that everywhere, you know, Barrick and companies that have producing mines drill there in terms of brownfield, they come up with gold. Uh, so that creates a business opportunity for us to find world-class discovery right next door. And what Mark did is Mark helped find that underground deposit. It was the first underground deposit that started from scratch in this area. We believe a lot of the future deposits are going to be like that. Any other underground deposit you see, like Cortez Hills, like Gold Strike, that was just an extension of their open pit. Uh, we only have 10 knowledge here of how to actually find underground deposit from scratch. 
luckily on our team, we have the world expert. We have the guy that made that previous discovery. Yes, and I, I do appreciate, and I've appreciated speaking with Mark, but why hasn't Barrick gone and picked up all, all of this or optioned this land package? Uh, I can probably address that since I was a Barrick employee. And uh, as you're, I'm sure everybody's aware, major mining companies tend to be risk averse. They try, they try to reduce, minimize the amount of risk they take. And Greenfield's exploration is high risk. Everybody knows that. Yeah. And it's, uh, and particularly when you look at the land package that Barrick already owns, uh, as a result, of course, their original position, plus what they picked up from Blaster Dome, uh, they had no reason to go out and do a bunch of, they, they do Greenfield's every now and then. But, but for the most part, you already have a huge land package. You have large mines on it. You've got obvious places you can step out from those mines and drill ounces. So why would you gamble? You know, why take the risk and go out and do greenfields? That's their, the model for them is they much prefer to have a junior company go out, do accept all that front end risk, greenfields risk, make a discovery, and then do a deal with them. I mean, it's for them, that's a much more practical business model. Okay, I'll buy that. What does this company need to look like for Barrick to want to have a conversation with this about this project? Probably one, I think, for, you, well, probably I one mean, for you, Mark. I think you were yeah, I, I think obviously a discovery hole is a good start. <laughs> they're, uh, they're if you get a hole with good mineralization, they're they're uh, willing to probably start talking right at that point. Uh, they probably would like to have another round of drilling done just to see if they can if it looks like it could be a big system. You know, you get a you get some step out drilling, you hit some more holes, then they start getting really interested and particularly they're always looking for more, they're always looking for more reserve feed. They're always looking for more resources. And once you've gotten that initial risk done, then they're, they start perking their ears up. But you just remind us of this size of, because it's, it's a massive operation. So it was, is it nearly what, 500,000 ounces a year type operation up there, is it? Cortez has been averaging a million ounces a year for, a for some time now. Right. Yeah, it's probably, it's probably dropped down a bit because uh, Cortez Hills open pit shut down. And Gold Rush is just starting to get into production. So there, there would probably be a, a little less, fewer ounces than that. But once Gold Rush and Cortez del Zorazone are both in full production, they'll probably be close to a million ounces again. So, wow. Okay. I'll, I'll just add in there. So last year they produced 795,000 ounces of the Cortez JV complex. Uh, and with Gold Rush coming on, it's taken off from some of the less production they get from Cortez. Uh, but with Four Mile coming on, and they're hopefully going to be coming up with Robertson also nearby, you're looking at 1.4 million ounces a year that we start producing, you know, within five years. So it's a world-class, world-class uh, area. The, I one more thing, Matt. People always ask me, why doesn't Barrick own that property? It's right attached to them. Well, guess what? There's always there's always a property south of you. So if you keep on buying them, you'll eventually uh, end up in Mexico. So you got to stop somewhere and you got to allow uh, the people that know what they're doing, the, the junior companies like us, uh, to make those discoveries. And quite frankly, you just look at it as an investment from someone like Barrick or Newmont. They're, that area is so rich. Everywhere they drill turns to gold, literally. So if they're better off to do brownfield step out so they know they're going to have gold mineralization and let us do our thing. And how we get rewarded, our 10 million stock, heck, that's potentially go to 500 million, a billion dollars. Uh, that's our value add. We have the right people and we have the right plan.